Welcome to System Mastery, the podcast where we beat a dead horse 1d6 damage at a time. Every other week, I, Jeff, internationally known raconteur and bon vivant, discuss an RPG with my friend John, some sort of wise old talking garbage heap. This week, we're taking our third foray into the world of live-action role-playing with the help of our friends at Chaosium Press with Cthulhu Live a game that takes all the fun of LARPing and combines it with the never-ending joy of strict sanity countdown meters. Let's give it the old Innsmouth look on today's System Mastery. It should be legal to punch Nazis that you encounter on the street and also to punch H.P. Lovecraft if you come across him. Well, I'm pretty sure, like, I don't I don't think anyone would have a problem with you punching Lovecraft if you found him on the street, because then, I mean, I'm pretty sure he's a zombie at that point. He's not even a zombie anymore, right? Thankfully, the, the asshole died, like, in the 40s, so he's, he's uh, like, a skeleton at this point. He, well. I'm, sa- I'm saying he gets one less hit die type. I'm saying he's a D4 monster and not a D6 monster. Well, what if he's a blazing skeleton? You know what I'm saying, 420 smoke trees? (laughs) What I'm trying to say is he's a flaming skeleton. (laughs) Whoop, whoop! (laughs) Um, I want both of those things in my games now. (laughs) Stoner skeletons and gay dancing skeletons? Yes, that's what I want. I want an adventure that is just all skeletons that are stupid puns. Dude, a flaming skeleton would be amazing. You have like a whole parade float of them. That'd be the coolest thing. Just a whole bunch of rad dancing skeletons in like midriff cut policemen's uniforms on a pink float. That's my new dream in life. I'm just saying H.P. Lovecraft was a virulent, shriveled little asshole. Yeah. That picture, this book has a picture of him in there and he looks like what you'd expect. Like, if, if H.P. Lovecraft was alive today, he wouldn't have written any books because he'd be far too busy sharing dank truth memes from 9Gag. Ah. Right? Yeah. He'd be like, uh, yeah, the, the important thing about the beta cuck is the following. Oh. Here's a bad line drawing of a sad little man. <laughs> um, I am H.P. Lovecraft, and I am forever alone. Yeah. Uh, I am a incel <laughs> that's that's what he would be that's just like we didn't have the words for that back then so we made him write mon- uh, <laughs> thousands of letters about <laughs> how horrible any race is yeah he was so racist i mean there's these letters from him that are like like oh man there's greek people in the ocean near me surely they will grease it up beyond recognition <laughs> he just he hated everyone that wasn't a weird little protestant white dude yeah I mean, famously, he wrote a letter to uh, the author of Conan. So, yes. uh, yeah. A- and, oh, Robert Jordan? No, that's the author of Wheel of Time. <laughs> Robert E. Howard Robert is what e. you're Howard. looking for. I, you know, at least I figured out who Robert Jordan was after like a half second. <laughs> I'm amazed that you got to Robert Jordan before Robert E. Howard. <laughs> okay, so look, Michael Jordan <laughs> okay, was written so, a letter. So H.P. Lovecraft was writing to Michael Jordan, <laughs> and he was like, nothing but net. <laughs> he wrote to Michael Jordan, and he was like, why am I writing to you? You are a filthy black person. <laughs> I'm Do horrible, you lay eggs? I'm a horrible man. May I touch your hair? <laughs> no, but he wrote a, a letter to the Conan author, Robert Howard, that was so disgustingly racist that Howard would later say that just talking to him to uh, Lovecraft made Howard less racist. Uh, 
He was like, oh, I don't want to be a part of this. If this is what racism is. Wow. Wow, you're really just holding up a mirror to society. I just want to punch this weaselly little man. I just... Here's, here's my dream in life. I want to encounter H.P. Lovecraft, alive and in his prime, and stuff his head between two banisters on a staircase. Uh, that's, that's what I want to do. I also want to dump his books. Just, just slap them right out just, of his hands. Bleh. We'll see you in fifth period, lovey. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that Jeff Cthulhu. I'll show him. <laughs> He's later going to write a huge book about the hounds of Jeffalos. <laughs> Uh, hey everyone, we're talking about an RPG. <laughs> Welcome to System Mastery. I'm Jeff, that's John right over there. Yeah, yeah, and uh, we've got a Cthulhu LARP. That's what we've got. So this is our, I believe, third foray into the world of live action. Uh, we did Nexus, a live action adventure. Indeed, one which... that is normally for like 60 people at a con. Yeah, it was, it was for anywhere between 60 and 240 people. Yeah. And then we did... Uh, this is going to sound stupid, and, and John, go ahead and call me stupid for this. You are stupid for this. Damn it. Uh, okay, so the, the second one we did was Cyber World. 2020. Yeah, it was, <laughs> it was, well, it's Cyberpunk 2020, but I forget what they ended up at. I think they just called it Cyber World. Yeah, it's just Cyber World. So Cyber World is what I always figured a LARP is, which is 10 people stand around in a public venue and yell at each other about how great their characters are. Yeah, it's just some guy in a trench coat and jorts yeah. saying that, he is the greatest samurai, and he stands alone with his blade. Yeah, he's just doing Lone Wolf and also Lone Wolf. Didn't you hear the name? He's Lone Wolf. Yeah. Why would he have Cub? <laughs> he's over there with not Lone Wolf. <laughs> so, but, but the important thing is that I was, I'm to this book and also all the way back to Nexus, I am stunned at the amount of secondary material and people it requires to put one of these things on. Oh, yeah. I mean, I know... Several people that have done LARP, and I know uh, even people that have run LARPs. Yeah. And it always seemed much less of a production than what we see in these books. Uh, I mean, Cyber World was a little bit less than, say, Nexus or this, but these are both like, oh, you're going to need an entire troop of people that are just support. Right. The thing that always amazes me about this book and then also Nexus uh, and, you know, I'll just stick to this book for the purposes of today's discussion, yeah. is that the NPCs are going to outnumber, if not double to triple, the number of PCs that you need on a given night of play. So to get it to get this game together, you're going to need, oh, four or five players, uh, someone called the Keeper, who will run the game, yep. and then, like, 30 goddamn people <laughs> to be zombies and mutants, and you're going to need, like, five or six of them to play, you know, uh, Cthulhu. <laughs> well, I mean... Any of the games, like, you're going to need more than just your standard DM who can be every NPC. Yeah. Because when you have a group of people all in different areas that need to interact with people, sure, you're going to need a couple guys to stand in as NPCs. Yeah. But in this game, anytime they deal with, like, some weird Cthulhu mythos monstrosity, it's like... Okay, you're gonna need a bed sheet and five dudes to stand under it. Okay, well, we're definitely gonna talk about that section at length, but just as a brief preview, about a third to a half of this book is instructions on how to make costumes for all kinds of different Cthulhu creatures. Oh yeah, I would say of this book, which I mean, it's not small. It's a it's a coffee table book. It is a slender volume of of. It's not. We've read way smaller books. Yes. So you know, it's not like it's a tiny book, but there is. I'd say maybe 
a quarter of this book is dedicated to the game mm-hmm. aspect of it. Yeah. And the rest of it is all like how to make it be Aki and yeah. how to run a game when you're an idiot. And yeah, here's how you make a hound of Tindalos. And <laughs> here's how you make a uh, Haster. Oh uh, my God. The, like the old, the ancient race that they have, there is a picture of it in here that, I mean, you have to put that up because uh, it's the best picture. Is, are you talking about the one that's the the just three sheets that are just being held up on sticks? Yes. Okay, I forget what that is. It's supposed to be someone with it's a It's the name. ancient race. It's the ancient race? Okay. Yeah. But yeah, it's like three guys holding up bed sheets on the ends of broomsticks. Uh, and it, it's, it's basically just a big bed sheet puppet. It looks like a man made out of sails. Yes. It, it It's deeply and tremendously unimpressive. I... Love it. I, I, it's it's amusing to me because there's pictures in here, and the pictures are always like, this is a picture of Haster. It's our one friend who's like Greek or something, so we made him dress up as a Middle Eastern guy. Or, or but or uh, here's three towels we're holding up. Isn't that scary? And then the sketches and instructions are like, all right, to make Cthulhu, you're going to need a Volkswagen Beetle, about <laughs> 20 guys. You're going to need 50 pattern-dyed sheets. Oh, yeah, the amount of pattern-dyed sheets that required... In this game, it's like, man, you are just going to run Bed Bath & Beyond right out of stock. Basically, the only way that you could effectively create the props for this game is to be a housekeeper at a small motel and just constantly steal the product. <sighs> You're like, housekeeping, you need clean sheets because I need your sheets real bad. <laughs> Give me your sheets. All your- No, no, you sleep on a mattress. <laughs> what you expect? This is a Super 8. <laughs> Come on, man. All you did was you came in here, there was a bed and a picture of a duck in your room, and that was it. <laughs> it's laser mission. <laughs> Got that picture of a duck. I've already looked at this picture of a duck three times. Where's my girlfriend? <laughs> yeah, that's good old Super 8 t- uh, times. Yeah, so, so so the book actually does have some rules to it, though. Oh, yeah, I guess we can talk about those. So the book has four core stats that make up your character. And, you know, the, the book goes, goes ahead and tells you, this is Call of Cthulhu. Oh, we, yeah. we make no well, I mean, illusions. it's Chaosium, so... Yeah, it's made by the Call of Cthulhu people. It is the Call of Cthulhu rule set, but stripped down heavily for for uh, ease of play. Yeah. Which is amusing, because we have not discussed Call of Cthulhu yet. In fact, the only Chaosium book I can remember us doing is... Stormbringer. Stormbringer. Yeah. So, good times there. There you go. I think we've done at least one more. In fact, in fact, I'm fairly sure we did one recently. I can't remember what it is now. We've done too many games, John. So many games. So many... We're... we're so close to getting to 100 now. I, I'm really excited about 100, and, and I feel like everyone's going to be excited because... Oh, everyone should be excited. Because of the, the order of things means that we're going to be doing third edition D&D. Yeah. So that's going to be... A good time for That's going to be a hot-button, contentious little issue. I guess the real question is, do we do episode 100 as third edition and then 125 as edition 3.5? No, nah, that's garbage. How are we going to do it? How are we are we, we got to talk about... Uh, there's only like three changes. Yeah. Rangers get worse, gnomes get weird, done. You're, you're all set. Good to go. Have fun. Have fun, you kids. Uh, Rangers don't even get worse. They get they turn into a real class instead of you take one level of this for three fr- uh, free feats. Yeah, just like the Rangers in Cthulhu Live. <laughs> Damn it, don't make me talk about Cthulhu Live. It's only like 15 pages of rules. <laughs> Fine, all right. S- stats. You got four stats. There are dexterity, education, constitution, and power. Yeah, so uh, dex and constitution, of course, are going to be... What you expect them to be. Yes. Uh, it's mostly your stats are informing what your target, like how, how difficult a thing you can do for certain skills. So if you've got like an acrobatics or a whatever skill for dexterity, 
then the number that you have in dexterity is going to be what you're looking at for how difficult of a thing you can do. That is correct, yeah. And but the the other two, education and power, are a little different. Mm-hmm. So and they go a little something like this. Go ahead, John. <laughs> you ever hear about uh, power in the news, huh? Anyone hear about this? <laughs> so Yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> so education is going to give you more skills mm-hmm. and is mostly what you're going to get for a lot of the skills are based off of education. Yes. Because they have a list of skills. It's not insane. No, it's fine. It's it's like 30 or something. No. Um, they are all done with point values. Yeah, everything is point by. Yeah. You get points to put into your stats. You get points to buy skills with. And your skills are equivalent. The number of skill points you get is equivalent to the amount of education you have. So there's four core stats, and you have 45 points when you're starting your character to split among those four core stats. Yeah. So uh, so de- dexterity and uh, what's the other one? Constitution. Dexterity controls your combat values. Constitution controls your health points. Education controls your skill points, and power is used for both uh, magic and psionic powers. If you are weir- the weird sort of character that has like mentalism or something like that, uh, it also controls your sanity score. Yes, it's not only your sanity points; uh, it's really your resistance to going insane. So yeah. if you see a weird tentacle monster, mm-hmm. you have to beat a power check, which is mostly just. Okay, what is your power score? Is it greater than this number? Then you'll usually, insanity is one number if you don't make it, and then slash and another number if you do, so it'll be like five slash two, so you either lose five sanity or two sanity. Yeah, if you see it and you, and you fail your save, you only lose two sanity because the game is weird. Yeah. That's that's not true. It, it's, it's, it's the other way around. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's, it's just, no matter what, you're going to go a little crazy from seeing this, but if is, you're more like in tune with weird psionic and magic stuff, you won't go as crazy. Which is amusing to me because it has the conversion chart for converting Call of Cthulhu's sanity damage over to uh, to this Cthulhu. And its conversion chart is very strict by comparison. Like, you go insane way faster in Cthulhu Live than you do in Call of Cthulhu. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, it has a section in here for experience mm-hmm. and how you can raise stats and stuff like that. But I can't imagine a character hanging on for more than two sessions. Well, all they got to do is go jump in the sanity whale. Oh, yeah. You get in that sanity whale, and it's like, <laughs> this is a uh, This joke brought to you from 10 years ago when we were still fighting Cthune in World of Warcraft. Hey, now. Is it Cthune? No, it's no, not. No, it's... it's uh, who's the fucking boss in the end of the place? Yeah, it's uh, Saracens. We were fighting the Saracens. I'm sorry, it's the Moops. (laughs) Sorry, the card says Moops. (laughs) No. (laughs) I don't remember what it was. It was that that old one boss that's all mouths. It's the one in Old War. Yeah, that guy. Yeah. The one that drops Mimiron's head, which both John and I have. Indeed. That's correct. Fist bump for Mimiron's head. There it is. Okay, so um, anyway. (laughs) God damn it. World of Warcraft references everything we, we, every reference to something that isn't this one of our one of our players back when i was running a guild a guild and john was in the guild it was a lady with a southern accent and so she kept telling us to go jump in the sanity whale whenever we were getting low on sanity while fighting that boss and yeah. to that to this day i can't hear the word sanity without immediately putting whale after it <laughs> and and there's this whole character that's created in my head that's the friendly sanity whale yeah and you're like oh oh man i'm really anxious and depressed and then this whale floats by 
Hey like, there, friend. I'm the sanity whale. Oh, I feel so much better now. Yeah. Remember, it's okay. This isn't the thing that kills you. I am. <laughs> the end. And that's the sanity whale. Also, I forgot to mention it's a killer sanity whale. <laughs> I mean, it's still a blue whale. It's just that for some reason it has teeth instead of baleen. Yeah. Yeah. The end. <laughs> the end. Also, it's got eight feet. <laughs> it's really quite crazy looking. All right. So, uh, so this game's got your four core stats and then skills. And uh, the skills are done with different values per rank based on how complicated they are. So if you want your character to, to for example, uh, know accounting, then that's two points skill points per rank. Yeah, and usually, I mean, it's not even that it's that difficult. It's just you're going to pay less for something that's not really going to get you a lot. Yeah. Because most of the, the skills that are like, this is really not focused in anything that's going to be great for, like, combat or story-wise stuff like that you're mm-hmm. gonna get way cheaper some of the ones that are cheap are just cheap because someone needs to take them so for example first aid is only two points yeah but then again that's just because that's also the lowest rung of the medicine ladder in this game <laughs> because you there's first aid doctor and surgeon are all skills that you can take yeah it's one of those games where you can't just take like I know medicine. It's you have to get up through levels. Yeah. Same thing with the like mysticism skills. Yeah, yeah. There's a couple of those. You have to start out with like knowing about the occult, mm-hmm. and as soon as you know about the occult, then you can move on to mysticism. Mm-hmm. The other thing I found amusing about this was that this section, this section on skills, had a little sidebar where it mentioned. Good lord, are you looking up the name of that boss? Maybe. <laughs> Christ. Anyway. Uh, um, so it had has uh, Yog Saron. There we go. Yog Saron. Oh man, and Serenite. I should have just yeah. remembered the metal. Well, I was like, I remembered oh. that the like female avatar was named Sarah, and I was trying to remember what the hell the name was based on that. Oh yeah, I think it was Tegan. Ah <laughs> uh, yes, Tegan. Tegan Saron. <laughs> Tegan Saron. That's uh, that's a pretty horrifying, boss. <laughs> uh, no, okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry that we're doing all this. God, we are just off the rails today. (laughs) Man, I just got back from a cruise. Jeff is about to leave on a trip. Yeah, I got a a flight tomorrow at 6 in the morning. I'm going to be heading out to Portland. (laughs) If I got any listeners in Portland who who are listening to this, because it's going to come out today. Yeah. This is, is, uh, we we had to record this and put it up on the same day because of our vacation schedules. Yes. This is is a pretty loose and hairy episode. John read this book. Yeah, I mean, it is exactly like my ball sack. (laughs) Loose and hairy. Hey, oh, that's what you turn in to listen to. Descriptions of my ball sack. Oh, man, if you want a few of those, I'm pretty sure H.P. Lovecraft wrote several letters on the subject. Ah, yes. The color out of space. (laughs) Also, I'm pretty sure the book A Wrinkle in Time is about it. (laughs) The balls clad in yellow. John, you really you really got to get that looked at. You you really got to see a doctor. (laughs) Okay, so... uh, so skills cost varying amounts of points, and there's a sidebar there in, in the skill section for some reason that discusses the settings of play for this book, where, where it talks about how you should either play this in the late 1920s, uh, which is, you know, the... The, the standard pulp so, sort of yeah, thing. The Lovecraft period, or uh, modern day, because it's a lot easier to come up with costumes and stuff for a modern yeah. day setting. They were like, do this in, like, the 20s or the 90s. And I was like, all right, that's well, interesting. Reasonable. I mean, it's unnecessary, because at this point in nerd mass media consumption, Cthulhu Mythos has been put everywhere and every when. Yes. You can't, you, there's, uh, you try and think of a time period where there isn't a stupid Cthulhu story, and you're basically limited to dinosaurs. <laughs> 
Nah, that's not true. There's probably some Cthulhu versus dinosaurs, isn't there? Oh, of course there is. Yeah. There's like Shogoth versus T-Rex. I like the idea of some T-Rex seeing a deep one and going insane. Ah. <laughs> a fish guy? What the fuck? <laughs> man, that Dagon gave me the weird willies, man. I'm a T-Rex. Hi there. <laughs> dang, dang old fish people. <laughs> Starts talking like Boom Hour. <laughs> That's what happens when you go crazy as a T Rex. You become Boom Hour. <laughs> Tell you what, now, man. There's a daggle. Go, go, go underwater. There's a <laughs> daggle daggon. Got that daggle daggon. <laughs> <laughs> Biggest of the fish people. Yep. <laughs> uh. So you get some skills and you get some stats. All right. Okay. Combat skills are held out separately, so you can take one no matter what. Uh, they are done by point value, and they have varying amounts of bonus that they add to your combat score. So, for example, a pistol gives you a plus one to combat. A baseball bat will give you a plus two to combat. How yeah, does that like work? It's all the way up to, like, if you have a super rad awesome rifle, I think you go to plus four. Yeah. You, get, you take that number, you add it to your dexterity, that ends up being your combat value. During combat, you can split your combat value into attack and defense values with handy cards that you keep in your pocket. So if you're trying to hit a fish man... Then you'll you'll put a card out face down, like in your hand, and the the one of the many many I don't have enough friends to play this game. Huh. I don't have enough friends to play D and D. And <laughs> so 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 this game is like scary to me to think about. Where I'm like, oh gosh, it's impossible for me to get three other people in a room to play a board game. What if I needed to also set it in a public park and I needed thirty five other people? Well, that's why you go on the internet. You go to Craigslist, and you're like, I'm looking for 35 dudes to meet in a public park with me. <laughs> All right, guys. So here's the deal. I need 35 extra guys. Bring your own sheets. <laughs> bring some patterned dyed. I don't care what di- pattern, but bring me some dyed ma- modeled sheets, please. You're going to definitely need some of those. Uh, let's see. Other things I'm going to need for props include some crystals. <laughs> definitely need a couple of crystals. Some condoms. Gonna, yeah, that's, you know, there's... We're going to use tentacles. Those, those are for tentacle design. Yeah. <laughs> so... We're going to call this one the Adventure of the Bareback Bathroom. (laughs) Ah, submitted for the approval of the Midnight Society. (laughs) I call this tale. (laughs) Man, now I want that to be a thing that exists. (laughs) Get some Are You Afraid of the Dark? The big gay Are You Afraid of the Dark? (laughs) It's just four gay stereotypes around a campfire at night. (laughs) It's just it's just the guys from Village People just sitting there, like all of them still in costume. All of them still in full costume. The construction workers like submitted for the approval of the Midnight Society. The tale of the of the bareback bathroom, <laughs> folks. I was down in a public walking canyon. <laughs> this was in the nineties, by the way. Well, of course. Uh, all right, so so. Once you've got your character put together, and don't worry, you don't actually have to think that hard about how to build your character, because the next section of this book, of the limited amount of like rules that it has, are about pages and pages archetypes. Yeah, which are just hey, you get eight extra points to put out in this design. So, like for example, you'll get like a doctor or yeah, a historian or uh, whatever, a an airplane pilot, that sort of thing, and you just pick those, put the extra few points out where you need to, into new skills and so on, and then you're off to the races, and then. Once you're off to the races, you are going to encounter, oh, let's say, a zombie. And if you would like to punch the zombie, you take out your unarmed combat bonus, which is probably plus one, add it to your dexterity, try to guess what that zombie's defense is, and hold out a card that you think will beat it. Uh, So, for example, if your combined uh, dexterity plus uh, bonus value is like 13, you can do things like, I'll hold out an eight and reserve five for defending myself. 
so that's that's how that works, to keep you away from having to roll dice and move the game along quickly. Now, before you start thinking that this is a big success and it moves the game along quickly, it then bogs down into all kinds of rules about ranged combat, uh, ranged combat into melee, what happens if you have a weapon that attacks an entire room, a large sidebar recommending against letting your players have machine guns and things. Oh, yeah. Well, the uh, the game itself, like rules for just doing normal stuff, is very much, you know, LARP rules of guy, like, gets down and starts pretending to pick a lock. You come over, you see whatever is, uh, if he's got the pick lock skill and a decent dexterity, you go, okay, uh, what's your score? This lock I've determined is a difficulty, whatever, 10. Yeah. And you'd go, okay, well, his dex is a 12, so great, he picks the lock, I don't care. Yeah, And, and it moves fairly quickly that way. Yeah, and the difference only boils down to, like, if you're like, I have a 13 and that lock's only a 9, then the, the uh, keeper's going to say, this can happen during the combat round. Instead of it's going to take three rounds of combat before you unlock this lock. Yeah, or there's a... You can critically fail... Which is stupid. Yeah, if you attempt to do something and your score is like 10 below what the difficulty is. Yeah, the, the, the stats in this game range between 3 and 10 for humans. And you have 45 points to split among four stats. So Well, no, it's between oh, it's three, and 20. 3 and 20. Thank you. 10 yeah. is standard human. 10 is standard. That's right. So you have enough to be a fully standard human. Yeah. But if you, for some reason, go like, all right, I'm going to put 3 in dexterity because my character is, I don't know, paralyzed from the waist up or something, <laughs> um, then your, your keeper is going to walk over and see you going like, I'll pick a lock. I'll use my toes, I guess, and, and go like, you critically fail. This is... Why are you describing this situation? What, I, I just love that it was in there in case yeah. one of your people is like, oh, I've got an education of six. I will attempt to decipher this an ancient language. Like, why? Play to your strengths, dude. What, and what that's basically what you should be doing is you'll have one person who's like, hey, I've got an education of 17. I've got a whole bunch of like points in like archaeology and history and shit like that. Not You're going to have a biology. No. Not, no points in a science book, either. <laughs> ah. You'll probably have a couple guys who are your fighter guys, and you'll need at least one person who is your mystic. Yeah. So, And it even it gives you that breakdown. It's like, you definitely need a doctor. It may not be fun, but someone should play a pilot so you can get to glamorous locations. Meh. Note that you will never need to use the pilot skill because it occurs between games. Yeah. Because you'll essentially just go, hey, man, I am a pilot. I have the pilot skill. We do not need an NPC who's a pilot. There we go. Done. Ta-da. <laughs> Which is just stupid. I'm like, why? Man, I can just go, uh, I get on a plane. Uh, yeah. We get on a fun plane. We have an Indiana Jones-style red dot across a map adventure. Yeah. We go, doot, 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 yeah. now we're here. Yeah, and then it does a little loop or something, and then it turns into a family circus adventure, and it's going through neighborhoods, and oh no, it accidentally started chasing the neighbor's cat. Huh. Thanks, Jeffy. You're welcome. Uh, so... So I think we're almost done. I mean, the only thing really left is the mysticism stuff. Yeah, there is a a little bit on the whole occult thing. So the first thing to note is that all the skills range in points between two points and six points to get one rank in them. Yeah. Uh, so the vast majority of them just cost four. So all the combat skills, for example, cost four. Like all the the stuff you'd think of: archaeology, biology, botany, computer programming. All these things cost four. Uh, history costs four because that's going to be super useful. Oh, yeah. There's only one or two that cost six, and those are Cthulhu-related things. So, well, Lovecraft, the mythos-related things. Yes. I, 
I can't. I, I'm like probably the world's worst fan of the mythos. Yeah, I don't care because about you it. are not a fan. It's true. It's that's absolutely right. Uh, and the, I'm increasingly irritated every time I go anywhere. And there's more and more mythos crap all over. Oh boy, Cthulhu slippers. <laughs> oh, I can't wear to wait to put my foot in, in a, a friendly plush octopus. Oh, he's wearing a little graduation cap. Oh, he's got stickers on his hands. Hand in the hang in there, baby. Huh. That's I just I, I I hate it. I've never liked it, and it just gets more and more annoying. But anyway, moving forward, pushing on. Uh, <laughs> God damn it. Cthulhu Mythos, for example, is a skill that costs six. Yeah. Uh, and finally, uh, the one that only one in the game that costs eight is mysticism. Yeah, because mysticism is you actually have like psychic powers or, you know, spells, something like that. And it's very expensive to have, but is also one of those things where you almost have to have someone take it. Someone needs to take it. Now, the description of the mysticism skill by itself is, oh, you can use this to get inklings and and brief flashes of visions of things that the DM is interested in giving you. All you need to do is pass a skill check, and the DM will give you a vague, unverifiable piece of information about the future, or perhaps about the past. You'll never know! Which makes it look like it's the worst skill. Oh, yeah. It's it's, just, it, well, it looks like one of those DM hooks. like super low-end DM uh, Mother May I spells. Yeah. I mean, it's one of those things where it's, hey, DM, did you have a, a, a adventure you wanted us to go on, but you can't just put it on a bulletin board? Then <laughs> have the player who has augury or whatever cast it, and then you go, ah, in the future, you guys will go into the Barrier Peaks in an expedition to the Barrier Peaks. And then everyone's like, Oh fuck that! No, I'm not. I doing will that. never go to the Barrier Peaks. I build a farm. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do battle farming. Battle farming, dude. Battle farming would be a great adventure. Come on. Ah, <laughs> oh, battle farm is the greatest adventure. <laughs> no, I'm pretty sure that's Willie Scott, or at least she could have been. Could have been. She could have been the greatest adventure. Could have. Yeah. Is not because she isn't battle farming. <laughs> no, she's not. Well, we don't know what she's up to now. <laughs> In the years after Temple of Doom. In the year 2000. Willie Scott is probably dead. Uh, I mean, given that the Temple of Doom is set in like 1935. Yeah. All right. Well, anyway, uh, the real thing about mysticism isn't that you can use it for inklings and brief flashes of vision. No. It unlocks the spell system, and the spell system is equally vague. Yeah. Uh, I mean, because it's LARP, you basically get to go, oh, do I have like withering as a spell? Yes. Okay. I can attempt to do it. Uh, it's a skill check, and spells are ridiculously difficult to actually do. Yes, uh, they're mostly best if they're cast by rituals, which makes sense because it's mythos stuff. Yeah, because this the room game full of cultists. Yeah, the game has uh, rules for attempting a skill while people help you, mm -hmm. and so let's say you know doing something was a fifteen difficulty, and you've got a thirteen in your stat. Yeah. You can get help from people and add to your own stat in order to do it. Yeah, and the way that that works is literally that you just add them together unless someone but someone can also just add their education bonus if it's higher than the other people's skill bonuses. So for example, if you have two guys who are like, "We need to solve this puzzle about a Cthulhu thing. I'll add my Cthulhu skills score of 7 to your Cthulhu skills score of 9. We have a 16." Okay, well that's not high enough. Uh, I have a general education of 18. Uh, I'll add that. So now you've got a 30, what, 35 or whatever, and a 34. Uh, so now it's high enough. But if your education was only like five, you can't add that. Yeah, there's... It needs to be the primary if it's going to be used at all. And, of course, the DM has the uh, le the final say in who can or can't help. So if someone's like, 
I don't know anything about anything. My education is seven. I'll help. And he's like, no, you're not. <laughs> Hi there. I'm the Sanity Whale. <laughs> Hi there, everyone. I'm Sanity Whale. You appear to be interested in casting a dark ritual. Well, that's my area of expertise. <laughs> I'm the Sanity Whale. Everybody climb aboard. We're going on a magical adventure. God damn it. Now I love this character more than ever. <laughs> Sanity Whale is the best. <laughs> I mean, I hadn't even thought about Sanity Whale in like five years, and now I'm just totally on board with Sanity Whale again. 100% in love with Sanity Whale. <laughs> T-shirts of Sanity Whale coming soon. <laughs> Hi there. Hi there. <laughs> Y'all want some peanut tea? <laughs> <laughs> Let's go on an adventure to Scobos. <laughs> We'll stop at a Dim Willies. <laughs> Get some mold yum. <laughs> Get some of that there Kool-Aid juice what they done put pickle water in. <laughs> southern drinks are the weirdest. Fucking Southern people. I'm fine with Southern people. I mean, except for all the racism. You but, know, except for all of them. And the weird dislike of education. But other than that. Other than that. Their food is gross. Is what? No, that's not true. Their food is amazing. Oh, yeah. That's the one thing they got. Yeah, they got amazing food. And it's just that sometimes it's like, wait, what are you doing? We're literally doing, we're making Kool-Aid with pickle juice instead of water. Oh, that's, that's the worst. That's what we're up to right now. That's the thing we're doing. Also, you want these boiled peanuts? No. Here's the thing. We like to boil them till they're all rubbery. And then you eat that. How's that sound? How's that grabbing you? You want to do that? It's like they taste like if you boiled a testicle for the same amount of time. <laughs> and I know. Are you, are you down? <laughs> are, are you down to munch these? <laughs> do you want these nuts in your mouth? <laughs> oh, my God. The cruise director for our cruise was named D. Yeah. And so there was no amount of the D jokes that did not happen on that cruise, and it made me <laughs> real happy. John just went on a cruise, everybody. That's what that's what he's talking about. Oh, my God. So, so good. So oh, D. So there it is. And I'm going to Portland, so if you are in Portland, please get in touch with us and let me know, because I need to know where to go drinking. Yeah. I don't know. It's, Bars, it's, I would assume. From what, I, from what I'm hearing, it's like the storm to end all storms up there right now. Huh. Like, I'm afraid my airplane is going to have to do, like, the movie airplane to get there. <laughs> So that's that's going to be good times. Uh, uh, but but once I land, my, my friends in Portland are already like, oh, dude, it is bring three raincoats. You're going to need them all. Huh. It's uh, and also, are you good at that comically walking at a 45 degree angle thing? Because that's going to happen. <laughs> so anyway, let's get to. Uh, yeah, there are like four kinds of spells that you can cast. There's attack spells, defense spells, summonings and uh, defense or, or um, a what's the word I'm looking for? Divinations. Yes. Those are your four types of spells you can cast. They don't get much more specific than that. Yeah, I mean, the usually it's up to the keeper to be like, I'm going to write down something. Yeah, he writes down a spell on a piece of paper, and you find it in a musty tome. Yeah, so the other thing that mysticism is really good for is deciphering rituals or whatever. Yeah. So if it's like, oh, the, the cultists did some weird ritual here, then you can... Like, if you have mysticism, go, oh, they were trying to summon whatever. Some monster from the depths of time and space. Yep. Let's just pick one at random and say Nylarthotep. Yeah, no, I don't think they were trying to summon Nyarlathotep. Nyarlathotep? Yeah. Oh, I like Nylarthotep better. <laughs> that sounds like material my shirt is made out yeah. of. Well, oh, this is 50% Nylar, 50% Thotep. Oh, shoot. That means you can't just tumble wash it. I'm sorry, <laughs> dude. You're going to have to line dry that thing. 
Okay, according to this book, uh, Nialarthotep is a three-legged tree man with a whip for a head. Yeah, he whips his head back and forth. He whips his head back and forth. This is not a very focused episode, is it? No. Uh, I mean, it's a LARP, whatever. They, Fuck it. We're improving. They were attempting to folk, uh, they were attempting to fucking summon Sathagua. <laughs> Sathagua? Sathagua, who appears to be the god of hanging out and chilling all cool. Yeah, well. He's pretty much just like a, he looks like fucking Totoro. He, he looks like. Ah, just, ah. Wow. <laughs> Well, for anyone who's into the mythos, there you go. <laughs> Sethagua is basically the Totoro of underground. <laughs> just hanging out down there. Excellent. Hey, 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 come on down. I might eat you, but I might also just give you a slice of this sweet pie. Who knows? <laughs> Whatever. Hey, man, you want a white Russian? <laughs> I'm, the, I'm the Totoro of the deep ones. Speaking of, let's talk about the monsters in this book. Good, because the monsters in this book are... The best thing in the book? Oh, by far. I mean, for someone like me who pretty much knows Cthulhu and, like, Haster and Nylarthotep. <laughs> tell me it's wrong. You don't know. All you got to do was read the books. It's not like he told anyone. <laughs> well, the fact that the L isn't after the Y makes it so that it is not Nylar. <laughs> there's, <laughs> there's a silent L before it. and you know. I'm sorry, not silent, invisible. Yeah, the invisible L. It's got an invisible L in there. <laughs> the it's, invisible L is my favorite show about the uh, the lesbian the, the lesbian experience yeah. being uh, taken away from people and it's the marginalization of lesbians in high school and so on. Yeah, it's a story about how uh, real lesbians have a hard time in the face of like the lipstick lesbian culture of college. Obviously, the invisible L. They the call invisible it. L yeah. on Showtime. Now, my personal favorite one is the Invisible Ellen, which is the exact <laughs> same, which is just the Ellen DeGeneres daytime talk show, but you can't see her. Oh, I thought it was the old Ellen like sitcom but ellen wasn't in it it's like garfield without garfield <laughs> oh i'd enjoy that too <laughs> oh ellen you're so wacky it might as well be called neighbor seems crazy <laughs> <laughs> oh crazy neighbor the sitcom <laughs> actually that'd make a pretty good sitcom with just any tv show ever <laughs> just, just have seinfeld like, without seinfeld well yeah i mean except that his, i mean I, I guess that's just uh kramer bursting into an kramer empty house bursts into a room and starts just yelling into the void <laughs> hey jerry <laughs> I've got an idea. There's nothing. <laughs> I'd also like to have like Darcy come over to the Married with Children house and there's no one there. And she just sits there and feels insulted. <laughs> huh. hmm. I don't agree with that. Yeah. <laughs> uh. All right. I'm sorry. I don't know why we're on this wild tangent. The creatures in this book. The creatures are split up between the actual line drawings of them, which... Some are a little bad. Well, yeah, like like John and I had that discussion a little earlier. We just had a bathroom break here on the show, and uh, at, during that time period, I showed him the art of Sathagua again, because that's the only experience with Sathagua I've ever had. Yeah, and it's basically just like a fat, stupid rabbit. It looks like it wants to menace Milo from the Phantom Tollbooth. Like, like it, it, <laughs> it straight up looks like it should be a serial mascot. Yeah, it looks like it should show up behind a little kid and be like, spelling isn't important. <laughs> <laughs> and then the kid's like, no, I think spelling is important. Oh, I'm defeated. I'll defeat you. I'll defeat you with spelling. <laughs> That's, that's what it. That's what the sort of. That's Sathagua now. Yeah, Sathagua like, is a fat, evil Totoro that hates spelling. <laughs> yeah, this is one hundred percent just an awful drawing of it. But I mean, some of them are okay. The uh, 
like the Bayaki is fine. That looks basically Biaki. normal. And but some of them are, are pictures like, that are like, hey, here's how you can make this in your game. And, and then the ones that aren't are the ones that would be like completely impossible, like the Servitor of the Outer Gods, which looks like it's basically just a Nautilus made out of tentacles. That and then there's like a reptile turtle face in there that has a, a Vuvuzela. <laughs> Which, you know, it just doesn't look as terrifying as... A, I don't feel like I would see this thing and I would go any more insane than I am. Well, I don't know. If I saw a nautil like a giant nautilus coming at me and it was like... <laughs> just like... Just, Brazil, it keeps saying for some reason. <laughs> it's, it just comes out of the water towards me and it goes... Chi, chi, le, le, chi, chi, le, le. <laughs> okay, so evil soccer monster might make me a little more insane than I am. <laughs> but I don't know that it's like a quantifiable amount... <laughs> Just the evil Nautilus comes out and it's just dressed in the colors of fucking Manchester and you're like, oh god damn it! <laughs> oh shoot, this thing's gonna—it's gonna lower my property values and stuff. God it's gonna, damn it! It's gonna be all looting. Where's the Arsenal Nautilus? <laughs> yeah, that's an Ars- That's a that's a monster club I can respect. <laughs> <laughs> and then the Chelsea Nautilus tries to get in there and everyone's like, get the fuck out of here. I mean, it's just like whenever the American monsters try and show up in this club. <laughs> Hey, we're we're important competitors on this stage. No, you're not going. Unless you are a lady Nautilus, get out. <laughs> I just I'm saying, like, if you were to show me that one race in this book, I don't think they have a real name. I think they're just called like the great old ones or something. Yeah. They're just like an inverted ice cream cone with some goop coming out the top. <laughs> Those are just not as insanity causing as I think they think they are. Yeah, well the problem is No one's ever drawn one, okay? The well, I mean, the Actual Lovecraft stories mm-hmm. rely on very vague descriptions and mostly are relying on the characters' reactions to things mm-hmm. to give you horrible dread. Right, but then someone actually has to draw them for games like this. Yeah, but as soon as you're like, oh, he gave me like a vague description of something that looked somewhat like a fly, but also like a like a horse, and you're like, Oh, you're talking Biakis right now? Because... Because, yeah, Biakis are like, oh, they're part lobster, part bat, part bug, part horse. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, that's the thing. Is it supposed to be like uh, the mind can't handle what it actually looks like and starts to try to make connections to other animals that you know? Mm-hmm. And that's ho- the whole thing of you're going insane because you can't actually process what this looks <laughs> that like. That makes it sound like Lovecraft is trying to describe Microsoft's deep dream software. Yes. Just like, oh, there's a monster coming at you. It's made out of all kinds of melting dog faces. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, the <laughs> the deep dream is like, oh, this is making way better Cthulhu monsters than anyone who's like, I made a dragon with squid face. Yeah. that's You might as well just use the deep dream process on all these monsters and make them way better. Oh, yeah. You get a, just get a picture of a guy in a trench coat, run it through deep dream, and go, look, you meet this dude. And everyone's going to be like, oh, fuck oh, me. Oh, shit. He's made out of melting dogs. I am out. Peace. That, du- that dude is just 12 eyes for a face. I am having none of this. Yeah. <laughs> Have you seen, you probably haven't because you would have been on the ship when it happened, but some guy released just a couple days ago a bo- an entire episode of Painting with Bob Ross run through a deep dream. I, I saw that it exists. I have not watched it. Oh my God. There's a part where he, he stops to show the audience a, squ- a pet squirrel he has. <laughs> and, and it can recognize, the system can recognize that the squirrel's an animal, but it can't tell which one. So he's holding a handful of rapidly shape-shifting animal. <laughs> and it keeps turning into scorpions and bugs and stuff. And it's like... It's like a long-form sequence of that that tunnel boat ride from uh, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Uh, That is excellent. (laughs) It is 
messed up. <laughs> so anyway, Deep Dream would do a way better job of making the monsters than this book does. But that said, it is a nice cataloged list of all the Cthulhu Mythos stuff. Yeah, I mean, it gives you a ton of different monsters and... And there's a lot that are pl- usable. I was worried that it was going to all be like, oh, to play Cthulhu, you need 20 fucking guys. <laughs> no, I mean... A lot of them are like, if you have a Shogoth, get a blanket and put five dudes under it. <laughs> blanket is, I, I just want to see people do that so I can see it work in real life. Get get a bed sheet, put four dudes under there. They have to keep the bed sheet taut. Don't let them loosen the bed sheet. Of course, there's like two different ones. There's one which is keep the bed sheet taut, and then there's one that is make the bed sheet loose. Yeah, and I don't remember what that one is. That's like the protoplasm puddle that's a liquid man. Yeah. Uh, but... Then there's also Shogoth, which is keep that thing taut because it's weird alien biology. Yeah, and then there's, uh, you know, you can do things like uh, there's a guy who's basically made out of bugs and is in a trench coat. I love the the instructions for how to make that one, which was like, you know, put on a mask, glue a bunch of fake worms to it. Yeah, and then either... <laughs> go, go get some gummy worms, glue, glue it to a mask. Well, thankfully, it didn't suggest gummy worms. It suggested rubber worms from like a bait shop. But I think gummy worms might be cheaper. And that would be hilarious to see a guy just completely covered in gummy worms. Yeah, man. Again, like, we finally, we killed that guy. And then you just look over and you're like, dude, Greg, quit eating the horrible, disgusting monster. And he's like, oh, nom, 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 nom. <laughs> it's Pizza the Hut all over again. <laughs> I mean, granted, to make it terrifying, and instead of just rainbow colored, you probably have to spray paint the whole ensemble flesh color. Man. <laughs> Or I like the instructions on how to make it simple. Get a hockey mask, glue a bunch of bugs to it, put on a trench coat with a hood. Done. Yep. And was, you know, that's that's a reasonable monster. I wouldn't want to run into that. Yeah, and I mean, they do have stuff that are your standard, like, this is a zombie. Yeah. This is a ghoul. There's, uh, there's also a picture I really appreciate in this book, which is, this is what happens if you try too hard to make a fish head for the Innsmouth monsters. Because <laughs> it's it's like, you'll accidentally make this Goldeen uh, or yeah. Magikarp. You're going to have a fucking sea king just... <laughs> Looking at everyone going like, blah, 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 I'm evil. Seeking. Goldine, Goldine, Goldine. It just keeps walking around doing that. Hopefully you've got a really muscly dude to wear it. Oh, hopefully you've got a dude in a suit with that fish head, and then he can be business fish. <laughs> it's You know, it was like a little perils of, of trying too hard. It was like, it, it's, really care- it's really hard to get this fish head right without it looking ridiculous. Yeah, they do mention a lot of like, man... The line between something being, like, horrific and something being hilarious is very, very small when you're trying to make costumes out of fucking, like, bed sheets and Halloween masks. I mean, that said, I think the concept of four dudes keeping it taut under a bed sheet is already pretty great. <laughs> Keep it taut, baby. Keep it taut, gentlemen. <laughs> I, I love a few of the things, like having one of your guys be like oh we're gonna have a dude be sacrificed so you like come into a room and there's a guy who's all bloody and he's on the like altar or whatever yeah with like a store-bought octopus tentacle sticking out of a fake wound on his on his stomach yeah i'm like that's kind of cool that's a cool looking thing yeah that would be a fun prop if i was larping to be like Ooh, rad! Yeah, the whole thing makes me feel like the best way you could possibly play this game is to spend a ton of money and rent out a haunted house on November 1st. Ah. You're like, okay, before you guys tear down the haunted house, let us just have it for one day. Let, let me just get in here, goop around a bit. There we go. I'm going to uh, get some tentacles in here. I'm going down to the Japanese market. I'm going to get me a bunch of big old octopus tentacles and squid bits. Yep. And I'm going to stick them on the unfortunate lady that they conv- convinced to appear topless in this book. Ah, there's at least one. Uh, thank- she has a napkin over her boob, so she's she's not naked. She's fine. Yeah, but but it's 
the second book I've seen with live photos in it that's that has some lady who's like, okay, well, I guess I got to be naked for this, right? Oh, well. Okay. For the art. That's what I got to do to be in Cthulhu Live, a book full of dudes with the exact beard hat combo you'd expect. <laughs> uh, I mean, literally, the cover of this book alone is oh, yeah. three of those dudes. Yeah. The sort of dude that wears a fishing vest to a D&D night. Ah, uh, see, I was imagining a fishing vest, and but it's like full of the hooks and little bait and stuff. <laughs> Just fisherman? Yeah, a fisherman's vest, and he's got like a fishing hat on and a pole. He's like, hello, kids. <laughs> gonna catch old Snappy today. I'm feeling lucky. Oh, yeah, kids. I'm gonna go get me an old fish. Uh, what are you doing? Rolling some dice? Sounds good. I like that you thought that my thing was going to be a fisherman and that I would start my description of a fisherman as a guy who wears a fishing vest. Yeah. If, it's, if I was just going to keep going. So- well, it's a cursed fishing vest, and obviously when you put it on, you become a fisherman. <laughs> I was like, so here's my thing. There's three guys on the cover of this book, and all of them look like the sort of guy who would wear a fishing vest and carry a fishing pole and carry a tackle box and be fishing and are fishermen. <laughs> <laughs> they, they seem like Jesus came to them and made them fishers of men. <laughs> Except that instead of fishing for men, they fish for fish. <laughs> <laughs> they were originally fishers of men, and then sausage came up and made them fishers of fish. Oh, sausage. The sausage-based Jesus. <laughs> it's Jesus backwards. So there's instructions in here on how to make these monsters that you rely on a couple of basic elements. They give you really neat instructions on how to do tentacles, which is you want... Like, a cone of styrofoam to be the end of the tentacle, and you can get those at, like, Michael's or whatever. Yeah. Cut up a pool noodle, and and uh, what you're going to do is you're going to drill a hole through the middle of a pool noodle. If it's not one of those ones that already has the hole, run a string through there and attach it by sticking it and hot gluing it to the end, the end bit of the tentacle. Wrap the whole thing in a sheet, and then with that string, you're going to tie a knob to it, hold it to your hand by, by like, taping it, and then when you j- jiggle the knob, it makes the end of the tentacle sort of flail around. Yeah. And that gives you sort of a big old mobile tentacle you can attach to the end of your own arms to pretend to be like a tentacle beast. There's also instructions on how to do, like, uh, stilts or uh, and how to do, like, uh, nylon sheeting so that you can see through the mouth part of a mask. There's really cool instructions. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, there's, like, making giant puppets and you have a harness on your back so that the head of it is, like five feet above you yeah and then also you have two other guys who hang around with you so to make sure you don't hit anyone and to also control the arms yeah so that's there's some really cool advice in here now granted it is a motherfucker of a production oh like, that's what i was saying is like there's no way putting this together more than like once would work well here's the thing i feel like this is advanced guy like this is too early this is from the mid 90s uh, for what it should be used for which is like trap rooms oh yeah like, could you imagine a trap room where, like, at the very end of it, you open the, you open up a door and there's, like, a, a shogoth in there? And you're like, well, shit, this isn't what I... Oh, my God. So if this was a business advice book, like, hey, five guys are going to want to go on an adventure. It's going to cost them, like, $200 each. And then your troop of actors puts on a fun Lovecraft show for them. Yes. And any situation where this isn't... Where this, where this is supposed to be free for everyone involved and it's just f- friends having a good time, it's impossible. Oh, yeah. The materials alone, just to yeah. create... Some of these monsters like, all right, go out, spend $100 on, like, bed sheets and pool noodles, and then you're going to make one thing, and that's if you only have one monster in your adventure. Yeah, but imagine a situation where you're like, hey, guys, we're going to get together and play Cthulhu Live this week, and your friend Tad's like, oh, dude, I want to come. It's like, perfect. Here's your job. You're going to sit quietly in the back of my van and play Pokemon for, 
I'm going to say about three and a half hours until the one 20 minute period where a zombie shows up. You're going to get shot immediately. Then you're going to go back to the van. <laughs> Does it sound like a great time? Uh, no, no. I was hoping to play the game. Oh no, you you definitely won't. No, I need to find at least another fifteen people that just want to dick around. Yeah. So you guys are going to be playing presumably other better games while <laughs> while waiting for your turn to be in my game. Yeah. It's a, there's no way that's not a paid employee. There is no way. Yeah. The people who are like, "What are you? Oh, I'm one of the random NPCs. I'm in a scene, and then I leave, and maybe I come back." Well, as a beast or I'm under a blanket. I had a little extra time with the book this time, so I took time to read the adventures in the back, and one of them has two NPCs that you need players for, which are literally truck drivers that drive you to the place where the adventure is and then are no longer in the game. <laughs> there, it's a chance for you to ask Lenny and... Oh, God, they have the names from the Above Mice and Men, guys, I just realized. Uh. So, anyway, Lenny and whoever... And the, Bruce. Bruce, yeah, Lenny and Bruce. Lenny and Carl from The Simpsons. <laughs> <laughs> it's Lenny and Morton Cooper Jr. And, and Iggy Koopa. For some reason, all the Koopalings are in this one scene giving you a ride to the place. Oddly. Yeah, it's weird. But it's like, what? I mean, granted, in that situation, it's so that they can go put on zombie makeup and play another character. Yes. But if you're like, I'm a hound of Tindalos, so I have to be a skinny, muscular dude, and I have to be completely covered in blue body paint, and then have a flower thrown all over to make me to make me look like a ghost monster, and I have to wait all night for my one scene where I emerge from a corner using a smog machine. Huh. And then I'm going to go, I guess, play Xbox. Yeah. Well, it's all of the beginning game NPCs are going to be the ones you're going to need to then go get into makeup. But that means you also, in addition to your NPCs, the book is like, oh yeah, you should probably have a dedicated makeup staff. Yep, yep. I mean, that just makes me remember the Nexus book where it was like, oh, you're going to need like seven sub-DMs. Oh, yeah. Or the like, oh, this is the person who will come by and give your DMs massages. Yeah, that book literally suggested that you have a female friend who is your massage friend. Because you're going to need massages from your lady friend while you're running this game. Yeah, so this game, this game being that, that it's like you need a dedicated makeup artist, you're probably going to need someone who's really good at costuming. Yeah. Like, this, this is like putting on a play. Yeah. That's basically what it is. It's a play where four people don't know what the role, what their role is. Yeah, which is a neat concept, but boy, is that that seems like so much busy work. Oh, it's a lot of work to put in, and you're not getting anything out of it. Also, there's a whole like five pages in here on how Norwegian blood is the purest. That was kind of weird. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm taking more digs at Lovecraft. This book is not racist. <sighs> All right, so uh, John, you want to talk about your favorites and least favorites? Sure. Let's go ahead and do it. All right, so John, what is your favorite? TV show theme song. Uh, God, I'm gonna. I want to say Perfect Strangers. Oh, okay. So, so uh, if I remember correctly, that's Standing Tall on the Wings of My Dreams. Yeah. Okay. So that's a pretty good choice. Yeah. yeah. That is a. I mean, for a TV show song, I'm like, fuck. This makes me want to like go out and do stuff. It's the same thing as that. Uh, that. Uh, what's it called? St. Elmo's Fire Song. Yeah. Where it's just like attached to some dorky show about, I mean, St. Elmo's Fire is a movie, sure. Yeah. I know. But it's still, it's like, oh, these college kids have their whole lives ahead of them, I guess, or whatever. They keep meeting in this New England bar. Yeah, St. Elmo's Fire. No one's going to see this after 1989. But then the song is like, this is the most important thing that's ever happened. Oh, yeah. The song is just like, oh, yeah, I'm so fucking jazzed. I'm so pumped. I'm going to drive across America. I'm going to see fucking America. <laughs> I can see a new horizon. Oh, I can, dude. I can see that new horizon. All I need is a set of wheels. <laughs> that's all I need. Oh, I'm going to be like Kerouac. I'm doing it, man. I'm going to write the story of America. 
But yeah, then the movie and the show is just like, huh, okay. Hello, cousin. I want to do a special dance. And then, the, and then there's this song that's like, dude, go fix the world. You chase your dreams. Never let go. And you're like, I won't. I won't, perfect strangers. On the island I grew up on, we eat a snail. Uh, okay. God, what was it? Okay. Like Mypolos? Uh, yeah, Mipos. Mipos. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> cousin Balky Bul- Bartokamus. Yep. All right, well, there you go. That's a, that's a really good one. Now, what would you say is your favorite thing about this game? Uh, best thing in the game, I'm going to let you have the last section. So I'm going to say the actual, the way it runs is fairly quickly. The point buy is fairly easy, and then it's just difficulty is 15. What is your score? 12. You fail. Yeah. Like, there's I mean, not a lot of like rock paper scissors there's not like draw a card from a deck the the book also gives you a lot of dm leeway they're like oh is the guy doing it like actually doing something cool or is there some circumstance that seems like he would be better at it just give him a bonus like it's a lot of you're gonna need to because if you accidentally were like the defense is 15 and everyone's like oh shit my my dexterity is 12 i can't hit this thing with anything whoops yeah, well, the the whole thing is very, like, the DM just in a normal game might try and fudge dice, mm-hmm. but in this, you're just like, I'm the DM, and I'll just come up and say, yeah, you did it. Yeah, that's fine. I mean, granted, the keeper in this game is pretty much advised to not even talk. I mean, you have so many NPCs playing roles that the keeper in this game has, like, nothing to do other than adjudicate disputes. Yeah, the keeper is basically the director of the play you're like yeah. oh i'm not on stage yeah. i just make sure everything goes so they're like well we're gonna meet the creepy old school headmistress it's not like the keeper tells you what she says she's sitting there so she's gonna say what the creepy school headmistress is supposed to say yeah and as the keeper you're supposed to just sort of skulk around in the background and be like uh hold up a defense card please oh yeah it's just someone will raise their hand and go hey i'm uh i'm trying to pry this thing open and i'll he'll just look at your strength score or your skill in it uh assistance i apparently have i need an evian and a massage (laughs) yeah but he'll just (laughs) this is a sparklet yes or no (laughs) yeah so i like that i like that it's very quick outside of combat fair enough it's good enough at doing what the thing it should do is which is larping uh okay so you're leaving i I assume what you're leaving to me is costumery yes yeah okay i'll take that then the costumery advice in this book is worth the price of admission yes it isn't like 100 it's not like it's essential or useful costume advice exactly i mean i i don't see myself building a giant pile of bread sheets unless john you want to get together with me in bed over there and make a show goth if you hey, know if you hey. know what i mean uh the beast with like five backs <laughs> the, the beast with 5.4 backs don't worry about it <laughs> it's cool <laughs> it exists in the angles of the universe and that's why i can't wear a condom <laughs> yeah <laughs> all right so so it's not like it's useful advice for day-to-day life or even for like Halloween, uh, but it's great reading. Yeah. It's just it's just a neat thing to have in a book. Yeah. No, it's fantastic. It's worth the price of admission. And some of it's kind of fun. Like if I were running a LARP and I had one or two NPCs, because that's the amount of friends I reasonably could expect to get to do anything, uh, uh, I, I could see designing using some of these costume tips and actually putting together a really cool costume. That'd be really fun. I mean, granted, I don't have any pattern dyed sheets. No. I mean, I have a lot of like pee dyed sheets is that a thing is that a, is that a useful uh, thing anyone just sweat cr- crusted salty 20 thread couch sheets feels like you're sleeping in a garbage bag a paper garbage bag yeah yeah bag made out of just horrible wrinkly 
At this point, I feel like these sheets are scarier than any monster. I feel like you <laughs> yeah, every time I come into your room and I look at your bed sheets, I lose a little bit of sanity. They look per- I mean, they're wrinkly, but they're perfectly fine. Well, it's fine. I gained the sanity back because you have a cat sleeping on a pillow. I do. And my again, I launder my sheets weekly. They are fine. So, <laughs> so yeah, I like the costume stuff, and that's that's what I like. And John, what would you say is your least favorite TV show theme song? Uh, least favorite TV show theme song? I know it's a t- tough one, and it's got to have lyrics. It's just got to have stupid lyrics. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Well, okay, let me tell you, if you don't mind, I'll take this one. So if you don't mind, just, just sit right down. No, I'm sorry. I don't remember how it goes. You, you'd have You'll to hear it. a tale, a tale of a fateful trip. <laughs> well, if, I'd like to take a moment. Just sit right there. Yeah, that's what I was trying to do. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, John. That's fine. Uh, least favorite TV show theme song. Um, hmm. Man, because it's hard, because the, the ones with lyrics are usually a little bit better. I think I might take Webster's. Ooh, that's pretty. Yeah, I was. I'm gonna go with Frasier. Okay. Yeah, those those toss salads and scrambled eggs. Yeah, I, I don't need it. Don't need it. Nope, no, sir. I'm all good. And Webster, I don't remember it, but I remember not liking it very much. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I mean, also maybe Thundercats. <laughs> ah. Oh nah. <laughs> no, oh, you're man, right. nah. I like Thundercats. <laughs> How dare you? All right. What's the best TV show theme song that has no lyrics? Uh. Whatever you're thinking, you're wrong. It's Voltron. <laughs> it's the original Voltron. Are you dude, sure? Dude, Are you dude, sure dude. it's not the remake Voltron? <laughs> it's boring. I mean, I love the show. The new remake Voltron is a great show. It is. But the original series, do, 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 is like the most inspirational little bit of music. Ah. So that's the best TV show lyrics, with, or uh, theme show, whatever, with no lyrics. There you go. All right, great. Now, what's the worst thing about this book? Oh, fuck. I, I kind of want to say that it's... Also, the costuming, because because it's not useful advice. No, it's there's a lot of stuff in there that are just like, oh, you could do this or that. I'm like, you're not. Well, I, I think my favorite thing about the costuming advice is that they have a couple pictures of things they've made, and it, some of them are good. Like, they, oh, we had a makeup artist on set, and he did a really good zombie face. Yeah, the ghoul looks good in this. Yes, yeah. but uh, oh, and there's also a lot of instructions on which masks to buy and not to buy. It's like there are many great Halloween masks out there. Buy these ones. Yeah. Um. But like anytime they're like, here, this is how we make a great old one. It's three sheets and we're holding them up. Yeah. Look at that. The, all of the stuff that's just sheets with various things in it. I'm like, that is not going to be scary. Yeah. Because a dude that comes out at you that's wearing like a Halloween mask and weird makeup and shit, you're like, oh, that'll surprise you and maybe get you. But if a dude just like five guys in a sheet come out, you're going to go, okay, well. And then they have instructions for how to do like. Uh, you'll have to remind me, John, which which is the stupid mythos god that shows up as a bunch of glowing lights? Oh, fuck, I don't remember. It's the black goat of a thousand young. Oh, it's that one. Uh, Shubnigaroth. Shubnigaroth. So Shubnigaroth, they, they talk about how they did him by putting a net over between some trees and just putting some balloons up there and then having people shoot flashlights at the balloons. Ah. And I was like, couldn't you afford glow sticks? Put some balloon, glow sticks in the balloons, put them up there, done. Go, have fun. Yeah. But whatever. Um, But... So they have some neat ideas, but every time they're like, oh, here's what we, the professionals, actually did. We took some poles and put some sheets on them, and we're done. But then they have drawings in the book that are like, oh, we, we did a, like, I'm showing this one to John right now. We did, like, a straight-up sketch of a Yeti and then drew a cool man inside operating it with, like, robot t- equipment and stuff. And oh, yeah. 
you can't if they can't make that and they're the professional experts why are they bothering suggesting it to you they're like are you the two guys from mythbusters you should make this outfit yeah it's it's just so much the drawings of things are like man that looks really rad but then when you see the pictures of what they actually did you're like Oh wait a minute! You did. You put zero effort into this. Oh, you done goofed up. <laughs> you goof. <laughs> Hi there. <laughs> I'm the sanity whale. You appear to be attempting to make a creepy costume. Well, you done messed up. <laughs> now that's okay. You're gonna get another chance someday. So don't you go insane now. Oh, things will get better. <laughs> the sanity whale shall rise again. <laughs> god damn it <laughs> goodbye <laughs> uh all right so so yeah i can see that being your least favorite thing that the costuming leaves something to be desired yeah, despite... i mean i love it but it's yeah. still just not useful Well, it's like when you buy one of those books of fun projects remember when you're a kid you buy one of those here's a hundred fun projects to do with stuff around the house oh man and then i flip... used to get those for like halloween and it's like yeah. here's a bunch of stuff you could do and then you flip through them and you're like oh 90 percent of this is impossible Oh, yeah. You're or, like, for a kid, no kid is going to be like, oh, yeah, well, get this and this and this and this. You're going to glue this to that, and then you got to cut this. You're like, no. You're going to need to weld these two parts together, and you're like, I can't. I, I thought I thought I was going to be using oatmeal boxes, and I was going to end up with a little robot suit. And it's like, no, you're making a ice flow. And you're like, what? What, what are you talking about? What is this? What? Making a television out of a television. <laughs> First, break two televisions. <laughs> so... That's kind of the way you, a feeling you can get when reading through the costume section is like, oh, I I can't do this. Okay, so your least favorite thing in the book? Uh, Sanity system. Uh, They they should have simplified it significantly. Remembering that your character has, you know, 81 sanity right now is a pain in the ass that you don't need when you're warping. Well, the thing is, you won't. Yeah. Because the The keeper. keeper will come up to you and go, uh, you need to run away screaming, or you fall down crying, or whatever. Well, it's still, it's like every time you encounter a monster, it's like, all right, check your power, do you lose two sanity or five sanity? And then it even has a thing, it's like, after they complete an adventure, you should give them some sanity, but never more sanity than they lost. Yeah. Because they have to slowly go insane. I'm like, well, why don't you cut out the middleman part then, and just have take away less sanity? Instead of being like, hey, you guys lost 15 sanity this turn, but you gained 10 well, so that just, would be at the end, because if they only had 15 sanity, oh, then they would get go insane. insane. Fine. Sure. Fine. Whatever. I just, I feel like it's, it. I mean, I know Call of Cthulhu was 100% based around the sanity system. Yes. I know that's the most important thing, but I feel like the, in this game, it needed to abstract it a little more than it did. Eh. And that's, that's you know, that's all. Other than that, I really didn't have any major issues with this. I mean, I, I guess the other thing I could take is, again, you don't have 30 friends who are willing to play zombies. This game is unplayable. Yeah. I mean, it's... Like, at least, like we were saying with the Nexus one, you're probably charging people to get in. Well, yeah, Nexus even has instructions on how to charge people and how to, like, advertise and all that kind of stuff. It was straight up, like, here's how you run a LARP business. Yeah, but this is this is coming off as, oh, you'll just be running this for your friends, and no, you're not. This is some Kids Incorporated shit. <laughs> it's like, hey, get 15 of your greatest friends and put on a show for your friends, I guess. For the other friends that aren't in the show. Yeah, but they're there. They're still in the show. They're just playing one minor role. Huh. That's a good time. All right, uh, Tad, I'm sorry. We don't need you for a zombie anymore. Now you're a tree. Huh. So in the one scene where they go in the forest, you're going to stand there and be a tree. Could we just do that scene in a forest? No, we're doing the whole thing in the college rec room. <laughs> so... <laughs> Can't smoke in the forest. Don't be stupid. Huh. <laughs> so... 
Anyway, would you play this game? Um, I mean, as long as I was one of the players, yes. <laughs> would you NPC this game? <laughs> no. <laughs> if someone was like, hey, man, we need you for this LARP, but we mostly just need you to be two NPCs and then like jump out at someone once, I'd be like, no, nah, I'm good. <laughs> I'm all set. I mean, that seems like it should appeal to your sense of laziness. Yeah, but I would get real bored real quick. <laughs> hey, John, if you would you do this role if you only had to drive five minutes to get there and you got to spend the rest of the night at your house? <laughs> Just drive five <laughs> minutes out and be like, hey, Rise I'm a trucker. And then, like, four <laughs> minutes later, be like, blah, 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 I'm a thing. Blah, blah, blah. I'm actually a vampire. Oh, you killed me. All right, goodbye. Uh, okay, well, if you anyone, have fun. If God anyone bless. needs it. <laughs> If anyone needs it for the game, that's my corpse. He says, point to the Diet Pepsi can he threw there. <laughs> well, that's me. God bless. Uh, Overwatch won't play itself. Anyway. Well, actually, it kind of does. <laughs> All right. So so there you go. Your least favorite thing about... Or no, you would not play this game if you had to be an NPC. I, I feel like instead of NPC, we should call them WCs in this game. Because non-player character is kind of erasing. You know, if you're like, I'm here, I'm doing stuff, this is sort of a play, and you're calling me a non-player character? Fuck you. Uh, it should be WC, working character. Yeah, I'm a working man's character. <laughs> I'm a journeyman. I'm just a journeyman actor, that's what I'm doing here. Yeah, I feel, I I'm feel... a journeyman character, <laughs> then I'll work my way up to a master character. <laughs> Once I turn in a masterful performance as the man clad in yellow... <laughs> I love the idea of this game being populated, the NPCs being the same people that are in those fucking Chevy commercials. Oh, yeah. These folks aren't actors. Not yet. <laughs> All right, so you guys enter this one room, go through the door, and there's a bunch of zombies in there. Wow! Zombies? I'm very impressed that I'm a zombie. <laughs> I feel a lot safer knowing that zombies are in this room. <laughs> <laughs> guys, I am amazed by the brains here. I would like to eat them. There's just zombies and zombies. You keep opening doors and there's more zombies. <laughs> it's the JD Power and Associate Award for most zombies in the initial three-month period. <laughs> for the <laughs> best mid-sized zombie. <laughs> uh, All right, so there you go. And would you play in this? Uh, you know, it seems like it would be super fun if someone else did a tremendous amount of work. Yeah, if someone invited me to this and they're like, dude, we've spent hundreds of dollars on props and shenanigans, we have a dedicated makeup and costuming crew, mm -hmm. all we want is for you to show up, Pretend play to an some, investigator or yeah, some shit. Some schmo from the 20s, just be like, uh, yes, hello, I'm o o Oglethorpe Whittlesby. And I'm Fist Manly. <laughs> And I'm a professor from Miskatonic University. And I'm an Australian explorer. <laughs> Drinking, sings, and singing songs and fighting around the world. <laughs> Fist me <manly>. Tugger! <laughs> Actually, I kind of preferred if he was New Zealandish. <laughs> Hello, I'm, uh, I'm an explorer. <laughs> I'm from New Zealand. Dithgism. <laughs> I'd like to fight a zombie now. See, now I love that character. <laughs> I'll use my two fists of fury. I feel like we could just skip the bonus content this week. We have Oglethorpe, Whittlesby, and Fist Manly. We're good to go. Uh, excellent. We're going to make completely different characters. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. All right, folks. So, you got anything else you want to say? Uh, nope. I'm pretty sure that about sums up Cthulhu Live. Pretty much. It's not a big book. I mean, it's a fun book. It was a good read. Yeah. 
But uh, but yeah, it's it's summed up pretty well. Just like every other time we've done one of these LARPs, we're just baffled by the concept of actually doing it. <laughs> <laughs> baffled by LARPs. All right. So, folks, as always, we've been the System Mastery Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Our podcast is brought to you by our Patreon subscribers. Uh, if it wasn't for them, we wouldn't be able to do this. That's also why we don't have to advertise for anything other than them. They're great folks, and they're helping us out. And if you'd like to be one of our Patreon subscribers, just visit us our Patreon, patreon.com slash systemmastery. If you support us at any level whatsoever, you get our bonus content, which is bonus content. It's extra content that you get. Otherwise, you can find us at systemmasterypodcast.com. I'm trying to get John to engage, but he won't. Nope. <laughs> and uh, he's done. He's done. It's bedtime. I'm out. <laughs> He's just getting up and leaving. So well, I'm out. Okay. <laughs> Bye. God damn it! I don't. Don't make me do the plugs alone. No, I'm good. <laughs> uh, for some uh, uh, Anyway, so you can find us at systemmasterypodcast.com or System Mastery on Facebook, Gmail, or Twitter. Thank you so much for listening, and have a wonderful week. Stop me now.